Hey everybody, it is Inklextoberfest. This is actually Winning Wednesday, part of our amazing and fabulous week-long series of IV fluid line complications. IV fluid line compl complications is the discussion on this evening. Plus, we have five challenging NCLEX questions to get you guys prepared for your board exams. Get you guys prepared for your board exams. So don't forget, if you have not signed up tomorrow, we have our scary topic NCLEX review. Yes, that's tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. It's a free NCLEX review. I'm going to be going over the scary topics or those things that are most commonly struggled with for NCLEX, a lot of pharmacology on tomorrow. So if you have not signed up for it, you need to do that because there is a workbook that you should be downloading and printing for tomorrow's NCLEX review. And again, that is tomorrow, October 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's a prime time slot. You don't want to miss it. Hey, everybody, come on in. Shout out to Florida is in the house. I see y'all on here tonight, always holding it down. Yes, yes, yes. This is a week of amazing things that we're going to be doing. Also, we are doing a 50% off of the entire program as we are thinking about Black Friday. We're just not even going to wait. Like, just jump into it now. Just jump into it right now. We want you to have your license by 2023. The scariest thing you can do is not get your license this year. All right. So if you need to help with that, please go to remarnurse.com for your NCLEX prep. And yes, share this video. We want a lot of nurses to be able to understand that every Wednesday, we call it Winning Wednesday because we have nurses from all over taking control of the day by studying for their NCLEX exam. So if you didn't study before, this is your opportunity. Let's get into it. We are talking, we are talking IV complications. And so the, the, the thing about IV complications is that they are, and let me say this, let me put it, let me, let me be very clear. IV complications are injuries that are caused by nurses. All right. These are nurse issues. And so because they are so common to patients who come in the hospital, you've got to know them for your board exam. You got to know them for your board exam. So the complications that are important to note are infection, infiltration, extravasation with a vesicant, medication, hematoma, and phlebitis. All right. Um, the and so we're going to look at the major ones today uh, in each one of these. You should be able to define and also by the end of this, not only define them, but know the treatment for them. All right. The nursing interventions for them. So um, we're going to start with infection. I think that one is the most uh, understood as nursing students. We know that intravenous lines can get infected if they are not properly inserted that's the one that's the one way if they're not properly inserted and or if they are not properly cared for and how that happens is essentially uh the microorganisms may be introduced into the bloodstream or into the surrounding tissues of that iv site 
So anytime we are breaking the skin barrier, we are in fact putting our patients at risk for an infection. So what do you need to know about NCLEX regarding IV complications? Well, we need to know what are the signs and symptoms of an infection, all right? So what are you gonna see? You are going to see swelling at the IV insertion site, soreness, redness at the site, pain, of course, and because you may have introduced microorganisms into the bloodstream, we may have issues with systemic responses such as fever, 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 fever. Come on in, guys. We are just getting started. We're talking about IV complications tonight. Infections is one of them. Shout out to everybody studying with us. New York, I see you. Barbados, Iowa, New Orleans, Nolens is what they say. Tallahassee, Florida, tap into this study. So infection, um, nursing management for this particular thing, and you'll see this is kind of common except for one. Um, you want to discontinue whatever is running through that vein, okay, through the IV catheter, stop it. For infection, we are elevating the client's affected limb, okay? We are applying a warm compress to the IV insertion site, and that essentially helps blood flow to that area, all right, and it will help the tissues to heal. And then also, if there is any prescribed medications, and remember, it has to be prescribed, okay, um, that would be an antipyretic, which is going to do what? What is the antipyretic going to do? And or the antibiotics, depending on, okay, depending on what type of microorganism is in fact introduced. Okay, tag your favorite nurse study buddy. They're missing our study session. It's a group study session tonight. So we understand infection. What do we have after infection? This common term called infiltration. And infiltration, if I read it to you, is this complication occurs when the IV fluid is infused into the subcutaneous tissue instead of the vein. So what does that mean? That means whatever is running in your patient leaks out of the vein into the surrounding tissue. So it infiltrates the tissue. This is an issue, right? Um, because what you're going to have is, of course, this is painful because you now have fluid where fluid is not supposed to be. So you're going to have fluid. You're also going to have swelling. Oh, my goodness. And this, these, you guys... If these things are not recognized very early on, that's why we should be checking our IV sites. I mean, I hourly, because especially if you have patients with fluid running, if you wait four hours, right, and before you check your IV site and your patient uh, has infiltrated and they have normal saline just piling up in their surrounding tissue, what, what kind of issue is that patient going to have? The pain there. Right, the skin is going to feel very cool because uh, somebody tell me this: Why is the skin going to feel cool if it has become infiltrated? Why is that? It's not. A, it's not a trick question. It's it's kind of a simple question, but I want you guys to kind of think about it. Why are we going to see cool skin 
when an IV has infiltrated. And I say it's very important because some of our elderly patients or patients who have decreased sensory um, control, they don't feel these changes. And so visually, they they have they they're not found out until they're visually seen, which sometimes can take a long time for somebody to notice this. You or I, because we have good skin integrity and we have all of our faculty, we know when something is beginning to hurt or if the skin is puffy, like, you know, we, we know that. But some elderly patients, they don't know. And the reason why the skin becomes cool at the area is because what? I, the IV fluid is going to be less than body temperature. So we're warm-blooded creatures. We're warm-blooded creatures. And so when we introduce something from the air into our body, it needs to be heated, right? So that's why even the air that we breathe through our nose, before it gets down to our lungs, it goes through a warming process, right? It's cold. Yeah. The, so the IV fluid is cold compared to the normal fluids in our body. And so when we touch that IV site, we're going to feel that coolness from our patient's skin. It's going to the wrong place. Exactly. There is no blood flow right there where that fluid is piling up. And so that is one of the, the indicators for NCLEX that you have an infiltration going on. And so what do we do there? We absolutely have to stop the infusion. You cannot let that IV fluid continuing to run. And I've heard some nurses have that the mentality that, oh, the IV site is just shifted and it will find its way back into the vein, right? I've heard nurses say that, guys. Don't do that. Don't do that to your patient. Don't do that to your patient. Um, if the IV is infiltrated, even if it takes longer, and the reason why nurses do that is because they don't want to go through the hassle of trying to start another IV, right? It takes a while to start an IV. And if you already have a lot of patients going, like you have a lot of treatments, you have a lot of medications to pass, you're behind on your documentation. The last thing you want to do is have to start a new IV on a patient. That probably is a difficult stick, right? And so some nurses will ignore, they'll ignore an infiltrated IV. They'll look at it, they'll feel it, it's cool. It'll look kind of puffy, but then they'll cover that arm up with a blanket and keep going, right? Because they don't want to deal with it or they'll say the next nurse will handle this, right? And so I don't want you to ignore very blatant signs, all right? Such as IV infiltration, okay? If I was your preceptor, that is what I would tell you. So I say here, um, stop the infusion. You have to take out that catheter. It's in the wrong place. It's no longer useful. You are elevating the limb to promote, um, you're promoting circulation and then also applying a warm compress, okay? Applying a warm compress. And the, the time frame that you will see to apply the warm compress, it may vary depending on the hospital policy or the resource that you're that you're reading from okay so sometimes there's time variations on how long you apply a warm compress and when do you start to apply that warm compress but normally a warm compress should not be on the skin for longer than 15 minutes all right so that's infiltration the next one is extra basation and this one is huge i you need to know all right. Um, 
what you need to know about this um, specific complication because what is happening here is this is infiltration, but infiltration to the next level of severity, okay? Because what usually happens is you go from infiltrating an IV fluid to infiltrating a medication that can cause severe tissue damage. Um, this is one that immediately can lead to permanent tissue damage, loss, necrosis, cellular death. This is, um, this is considered a medical emergency, okay? And um, yeah, so what, what, I don't even know where to start for this one. Okay, so the early signs of this complication is that your patient will actually say something. They will actually say, this hurts. Even if they have, a, a, even if they have some sort of mental decline, uh, maybe they're not with it, uh, they, they have a decreased level of consciousness. Like if this happens to a patient, it will wake them up because the pain, the burning, the, the, the redness, it is apparent because whatever's in that IV solution that is getting into the surrounding tissues is causing those tissues to be compromised in a deadly way. All right. So um, if this is not recognized, then it becomes a late sign where you literally have ulcerations developing, which means the skin integrity now is compromised from the inside out. You have, of course, severe pain, blistering, and necrosis. Now, I want you to look at the nursing management of this in particular, because typically, what do we say? We say, um, if your patient has an IV fluid and it's infiltrated, we will say, um, okay, stop the, stop the infusion and remove the catheter from the patient. Well, you can't do that here. You cannot do that here. You cannot take the catheter out. Just, just take the catheter out. Does anybody know why you should not just pull this catheter out? Okay. And if you have never heard of extravasation before, it's all right. I'm happy that you showed up today because you're about to learn something. Can somebody tell me why you would not want to just take the catheter out? Oh, this is good. Mm. I hear somebody saying administer the antidote. And that's true. There are some medications that have an antidote that will... Um, essentially neutralize the effects of the medication. So we do need to administer the antidote. Oh, I, okay. So I see some, I see a couple different answers here that are interesting. So I asked the question, why can we not just immediately take this catheter out? And some people says it's because the medication can burn the skin. Um, some other people said, because you need to get the medication out. Some other people said you need to flush it first because of bleeding, it is abruptly stopping a medication. Oh, so good, bleed, okay. So a lot of good thoughts here, a lot of good thoughts. The reason why is, I think the first person had it, is because you need to not allow any more medication to get into the patient. So by 
bye 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 stopping the infusion which we do need to stop the infusion let me make that clear we absolutely need to stop the infusion from going into the patient but before we pull that catheter out right we need to what's the word of aspirate we need to aspirate the catheter and pull any medication that's in that iv line because we, when we take the catheter out, we do not want any more of the medication to be exposed to the patient's skin. All right. So instead of flushing, usually, you know, you flush the medication through. No, you, you aspirate it. You pull it out before you remove that line. Does that make sense? Okay. So that is what we have to do in this situation here. If you choose remove the catheter before aspirating you will absolutely get that question wrong on your NCLEX exam it is a matter of safety and I know that this is one of the things that causes severe harm to patients because nurses don't know that okay Somebody says, learn this from quick facts <laughs> okay all right so any so so now that we understand that, then after that, we would elevate the um, we would elevate the limb and then applying a, a warm compress initially followed by a cool compress. All right. All right. We can move on. Didn't mean to hold y'all. I swear I'm not gonna hold y'all. But that was important for us to stop and think about hematomas. Hematomas are a common patient injury. I am sure we see them all the time, but it's, what it happens is you have the, the collection of blood cells um, that are, are, so are, that are essentially around the blood vessels and underneath the skin. So let me read this to you. This occurs, hematoma, this occurs when the punctured vein of an intravenous line leaks and pulls blood into the surrounding soft tissues. So that IV line has punctured the vein and the vein is hurt. So what does a hurt vein do? It begins to bleed and that blood has nowhere to go. There's nowhere for it to go. So it starts to leak into the tissue and the skin, because the skin is also an organ, the skin tries to help out. The skin is a living organ. It communicates with the rest of the body. So the skin absorbs the blood and it holds it there. And then that is gonna cause the skin to be stained or discolored by blood, right? And so you have the signs there of ecchymosis, which is bruising. Now, how do we do this? We need to, Stop the IV fluid, okay? Apply a pressure dressing over the site. And sometimes this pressure dressing, um, if it's used, it is used to protect the skin because when skin is stretched or compromised, it's thinner, right? And so it's, it's sometimes it's kind of like a blister where you know there's fluid in the blister but what you don't want to do is do what to a blister? You never want to burst a blister because then you have compromise. You have, essentially you have open skin, you have open wound 
and it's a source for infection. So you always want to leave the blister intact and let it heal from the inside out. It's the same thing with a bruise. You very rarely do you want to cut open a hematoma, right? You kind of want to let it uh, is resolve in a closed environment, okay? Um, and applying a warm compress can do that for your patient as well. It can, it can help. All right, let's move on to phlebitis. Phlebitis, okay. Phlebitis is common. It's essentially you have the the, um, the itis here. And whenever we see itis, gastritis, give me something else. Um, mm, nephritis. You see that itis there, you know we're talking about inflammation. I know there's some more itises that I'm just not thinking of. Put them in the comments. Help me out here. So it's an inflammation of the vein. Oh, peritonitis. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so it's the inflammation of the, the vein due to trauma brought on by the intravenous line. Yes. Ah, you guys are you guys are amazing tonight. Okay. Pancreas. Oh, diverticulitis. Come on, keep them coming. Keep them coming. I love it. Ah, cystitis. Yes. Osteomyelitis. Gastritis. Meningitis. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, titus media. Oh, y'all. Ah, lovely. Remar nurses. Cellulitis. Appendicitis. I'm sorry. I can't move forward until I, I recognize the achievements. Hepatitis of the Remar nurses on tonight. I love y'all. Y'all are so, oh, oh, look at this one. No, no, you didn't go there. <laughs> not this, not elephantitis. Okay, I just hope y'all understand these terms. There's nothing like a nurse. I'm telling y'all, look at the, look at the language. This is, this is my love language. Mark, this is my love language tonight. Itises, gastroenteritis, I love it. Okay, um, so anyways, we are talking about phlebitis and what happens is that IV catheter causes inflammation in the vein. And so what do we have to do? Yes, we have to terminate the IV therapy. This is something that we've been talking about. Elevating the limb, applying a warm compress to phlebitis. Sometimes you may see um, the first 24 hours you apply a cool compress and then you transition to warm. Some people say just go for the warm so there's always a little um, discrepancy on the, the, the protocol for this one. But it's more important, I think, that you understand what's going on and then, you know, basically what's the cause of this one. Yeah. Okay. Now, these are just some pictures. Let me make it big. These are some pictures of the things that we're talking about. You need to be able to identify if you see the red streaks, if you see a hematoma, to be able to um, understand the treatment protocol for it. I do have some NCLEX questions for you guys based off of this. So let's get into them. Here's question number one, fast answers. Give it a try. I'm expecting at least a three out of five here. The nurse is assessing a client's peripheral IV site. She notes that the site appears pale, is cool to the touch, swollen, and has stopped flowing. The nurse 
recognizes that which of the following has occurred. Number one, phlebitis. Two, thrombophlebitis. Three, infiltration. Four, hematoma. Hematoma. Let's go, nurses. Fast answers on the screen. It's looking good tonight. It's looking like y'all can pass NCLEX tonight. If y'all took NCLEX tonight, y'all might be able to pass. That's how good it's looking right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Correct answer. Absolutely. This is infiltration. Signs and symptoms of infiltration include sight pain, swelling in the area of the catheter insertion site, coolness of the skin near the site, slowing down of the intravenous rate, and paleness of the skin around the insertion site. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Here's question number two. The nurse receives a client from the radiology department following an x-ray. Upon transferring the client to the bed, she notices that the client's IV site is infiltrated. Which of the following actions is the best initial response by the nurse? Number one, stop the infusion. Two, remove the IV catheter. Three, apply warm compress. Four, apply pressure to the site. What say if Team Remar, tonight you guys are all part of Team Remar because you are helping me through this lecture. I need it. I need it. I'm at a loss for the itises. I, I just need some help on tonight, you guys, and I appreciate y'all participation. Everybody's saying stop the infusion. Is number one the right answer? It is. Immediately after discovering a case of infiltration, the nurse ought to stop the infusion then remove the catheter. Shout out to Arlene. I see you in the house tonight. Question number three. Are y'all three for three? Let's see right here. Select the complication of intravenous therapy that is accurately paired with one of its interventions. Now, this is a tricky one. Match it. So is it number one? If there's an infection, Lowering the limb to promote circulation. Two, infiltration, the application of cold to the site. Three, extravasation, the aspiration of contents, including blood from the IV cannula. Or four, hematoma, the administration of dex. Razonzane. What do you think? All right, got a little controversy here, but it's okay. We're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it. I'm looking for three for three. I'm looking for three for three right now because I feel like these questions are straightforward to the content. The correct answer, did you get this one? It is three. Remember, we talked about this for a long time. So if you're just joining me, you got to go back. You just got to go back because this is a point that you cannot, you cannot miss out on this. So do yourself a favor and go back if you didn't get this one right. If you did, check it off. Check it off. You studied it with Remar. You know it for your NCLEX exam. I'm moving on, moving on. Question number four, the client who is for discharge has developed a hematoma 
around his IV site that has just been terminated? What could be the possible reason for the hematoma or bruising? Number one, catheter placement inside the vein. Two, poor application of pressure right after catheter removal. Three, poor aseptic technique upon IV catheter insertion. Or four, administration of irritating drugs. What do you guys think? Come on in if you just joined. Don't worry, we're almost at the end, but it's never too late to be great. Jump in and answer this question. Why is a patient possibly having a hematoma? Why is a patient possibly having a hematoma? Okay. And this is really great for um, Remar nurses because it's not a matter. It's, it's so common that patients get this and you wonder why. Even myself, even myself. Okay, so the correct answer here is number two, poor application of pressure right after catheter removal. Okay, and so this happens when an insufficient pressure is applied over the vein upon catheter removal. The applied pressure helps in preventing blood from the punctured vein to leak and pool in the surrounding tissues. And so this makes sense because I got my blood drawn the other day and I was talking to the nurse and we were just chatting it up and she took out the, the catheter or she took out the, the needle essentially or whatever catheter and she was like, put pressure right here. And I did, but I just was like, uh, I was still talking. I talked with my hands. And then later on that evening, I looked down and I had this purple bruise. And so now that I'm thinking about it, I never put pressure there. And so what happens is when she removed the catheter, I'm sure that there was some blood that got out and it had nowhere to go. So it takes a second for our, our, our platelets to get to a place and clot up blood. So if we as nurses don't put that pressure there for our patients and they're like me and you tell them to do something and they don't do it, then we very well are going to probably have a hematoma on our patients the, a few hours later or the next day. So it's up to us. It's up to us to put that pressure on the patient's um, removed catheter or put, what else could you put there? You could put like a cotton ball and some tape so that that pressure is there. But don't leave it up to the patients because even nurses, sometimes we're the worst patients because we just don't listen. But anyways, that's another, that's, an, that's another time, another discussion for that. Okay, next question. Shout out to Nurse Crystal Baptist. I see you. Got those big letters behind your name. RN, looks so good. Love it, love it. Congratulations. You did pass in, Clex. You knew you could, you knew you would. You knew you must, and now you did. <laughs> All right. Um, here we go. Oh, I got somebody already trying to answer. Here we go. Next question is this. All right. Um, which of the following clients ooh, is at greatest risk for extravasation? Okay, here we go. Number one, the client with heart failure who is receiving Ringer's lactate. Two, the client with cancer who is receiving bendamustine. Three, the client who is receiving potassium supplementation intravenously. Four, the client who is receiving TPN. 
This is critically thinking. This is give it your best. Okay. Let's see those answers on the screen. And hey, whether you get this right or wrong, you still win it because you showed up. There were many, many people who needed to be here tonight that said, I got something else better to do. But you said, ain't nothing better than getting a nursing license in 2022. I have to stay on track. My nursing license is going to change everything for myself and my family. Nothing, 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 nothing takes priority over me studying right now. Wednesday night, we winning around here. The correct answer is number two. You guys got to remember cancer. Cancer medications are irritating to the veins. It's a dead giveaway. If we talking about IV infiltration, whoo, if we talking about IV infiltration, the vesicants and cancer-related drugs are always going to be a match. Don't worry. Don't even, don't even overcomplicate it. Don't even overcomplicate it. And so cancer medications over IV potassium. And I know most of us do know that IV potassium is super irritating and it burns. If a patient is getting IV potassium, they will say, oh, this hurts so bad. Please, please, please turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. Um, but no, nah, the cancer medications always going to trump that. All right, guys. So you, if you get, if you didn't get it right, you, you will, if you see it on your NCLEX exam, you absolutely will not get that one wrong. Again, if you did a three out of five today, you did pretty good. Like that was the goal. So that's it. All right. Tomorrow, if you are down to study again, Keeping the fun going. Since you're in the studying mood already, obviously, all of you guys, I need to let you know that tomorrow, Scary Topics is happening for your NCLEX exam, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I got more questions. I got more content for you to really help you get prepared for your NCLEX exam, okay? Um, and so if you need the workbook, if you need to print your workbook out, please go to remarners.com forward slash games. It's game night. It's game night for for free though. Okay. For free. Um, shout out to nurse Morris. Thank you so much, Regina. I can officially say I am a Remar nurse repeat test taker past Monday, grace and glory. Amen. Yes. You needed grace and you definitely needed God's glory to pass the NCLEX exam because it's a tough test. And that's why we are doing everything that we can do to help you guys to be successful. Pow. You did a good job, everybody. Thank you for showing up tonight. I appreciate you guys. Also, this month only, we are doing 50% off of the NCLEX virtual trainer. So get in, get going, and do what you need to do. Just do what you need to do. If you need to commit, this is the perfect time. I'm telling you, this is it, guys. I hope to see you on tomorrow. I hope to see you on tomorrow. Get your Scary Topics workbook out. Get it ready. I will be ready to go. 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm really excited about this. And also the dedication that I'm seeing at the end of the year, there is a certain push. There is a certain prioritization that happens in all of our minds where we really start to see, okay, what is valuable? What is important to me? As we think about the holidays and spending time with our family, you really start to see, okay, really what is important in my life? And what are some things that I need to let go? Some things I'm just tired of carrying around that I don't need. And certainly 
one of the things that you don't need is to not be in the position that you are supposed to be in. And that is the position that you're educated for, the position that you are blessed with a ministry in. And for a lot of you, that is nursing, but you're not in nursing right now for whatever reason. But I'm telling you, your time is now. It really is. It's, it's, it's time for you to take hold of the thing that is for you. But you got to get out of your own way. You have to get out of your own way. Stop putting it on the back burner. Start saying tomorrow I'll do it or I'll get the paperwork in or I'll schedule my test. Do what you need to do today. Okay, do what you need to do today because tomorrow ain't promised to nobody. That's it. Winning Wednesday has been presented. If nobody told you this, nobody you know said this to you, I got to let you know. You can, you will, and you must pass in clicks. See you later. Bye-bye.